Hello and welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. Every week, I, as always, am Brian. And I, usually, as always, am Lizzie. (laughs) This is the Emo Social Club podcast. We talk about pop culture. We talk about music news. We talk about the emo scene. We talk a little bit about politics of the day, but for the most part today, we're going to be talking about uh, some current music music news. Uh, we are talking a little bit about newsletters because Lizzie has been working on her own newsletter, and uh, we're interested in talking a little bit more about the process of that and the process of creating newsletters. Uh, if you want to do it, uh, as we try to do here every every so often, <laughs> as we tell you, you can do the same shit we do at home. Try this at home, please. Uh, so we talk a little bit about newsletters. Uh, I'm sure Lizzie will give you the link to subscribe to that uh, newsletter. Uh, we also talk uh, about Smash Mouth and uh, fucking people are putting on concerts now. So that's great. Huh. And uh, we give you some new music. And we also uh, talk about WAP. <laughs> WAP. WAP. New music of WAP, whatever that is. I don't know. I haven't even accidentally listened to it, so who knows? Um, but before we get into all that, Lizzie, what's going on with you this week? What? What? First of all, what is going on with you? What is no, going on with me? Well, first of all, that's a loaded question. Yes, I know. I, let's let's unload it, Lizzie. What you got going on this week? Uh, besides finishing my last couple of weeks of my summer class, which is a lot. <laughs> I uh, still am working on my newsletter. Just put out something this past week. Uh, you can go check it out at burntcds.substack.com. You can subscribe if you want. That'd be cool if you did. It'd be <laughs> nice if you did. Uh, or you can just read it. And then you can say if you like it or not. Whatever works for you. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't have too much going on at the moment. But I will say if... You are wondering where emo yoga went. Well, it's because uh, a lot of things happened in my life and I got very busy on Mondays for a little bit and then I got very tired. And then we started to reevaluate certain things on the pod and streaming. So if you have any inkling or any suggestions of when you would like to do emo yoga, the closest that I have gotten to is people like to do it at night. Uh, when we were usually doing it around seven o'clock. So maybe we move it up earlier or in the morning, which would absolutely fucking kill me. I am not a morning person. I don't know how people do yoga in in the morning. Doesn't vibe with me, but if it may be that, maybe that. (laughs) And how uh, consistently you wanted it. Some people wanted it uh, more than one time a week, which I was kind of surprised about, or to do it monthly. Like we have seen here out at like Beat Kitchen, they have done heavy metal yoga monthly or every other month. So if you miss it or would want to try it out, because I think I made some sick playlists uh, for those emo yogas that you can still check out on our Twitch stream and on our uh, Spotify, uh, drop something in our Twitter or Instagram. Um, I'm primarily manning the Twitter, 
but I do look at the Instagram, but Brian usually answers more on the Instagram, but whatever works, mm. let us know if you vibe with it. Cause we'll probably have to try to get it, uh, restarted up again, especially with, at least for me, the impending school year coming. So I may be losing my mind just a little bit more. <laughs> hopefully all of it's online. Are you, you, hopefully all your classes are online, right? Now they are. DePaul just, um, said yesterday that they're integrating most of them online, except for like, um, say you're like an engineering student and you have to be in for a lab or something, mm. which I don't, that's not my problem, <laughs> but my problem. I do have to go in now and change all my classes because the classes I were, was originally going to take, they ended up being hybrid. So I had to switch out. So now I have to see if I can get back into them mm. and move my entire schedule around. I, if, if, if I was still in school and they were like, you have to take classes in person, I'd be like, no, <laughs> just, I just straight up be like, no, that's pretty much that. what I did. I said, no, I no. picked a class that was online. That was with my schedule. And I really didn't even want to do it. And I was like, maybe it'll be good and challenging. I was like, if I can get back in the other class, I really wanted to do, I'm going to do that instead. Yeah. It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> Big no for me, dog. Big no for me, dog. Um, yeah. So well, Brian, what are you, what are you doing? Fucking nothing. Um, I have been continuing to stream during the day. Uh, eleven thirty a.m. Chicago time. Just playing some video games. Uh, we are talking about doing some other stuff. Uh, in uh, you know the game I'm playing right now should be done sometime. This comes out on Monday, so it should probably be done today. <laughs> hopefully, uh, I'll be wrapping it up and then playing the third game in the series. It's this like anime escape room, uh, mystery and intrigue. Like it's deep, man. There's some shit in that game, and it is intense and i got like chills today when i i got like this one story section this one timeline like it's horror movie shit it's it's great i i I highly recommend uh playing the game on your own uh or or i don't know the streams are probably not on there maybe you can see the old streams and follow the whole storyline it's long um should be wrapping it up soon playing the third game in the series and then thinking about like you know resident evil next and playing like some some resident evil from chronological order starting at zero going up to probably skipping five and six and going straight to seven. <laughs> oh, i don't know i want more of like the survival horror i like survival horror and i like puzzles uh i think those just make more sense in what i'm into uh for me personally um but yeah it's fun we're just always like I don't know, trying to have fun during video game streams because it's Twitch and it's a, it's a video game streaming platform. That is what it is. Uh, so if you're into that, come join, come hang out, come chat. Uh, we are always doing our DJ stream on Fridays at 5.30 p.m. Chicago time. Uh, they have been popping. They've been actively popping. We have been weeks. having a lot of people there and yeah. it's kind of insane. Yeah. It's a really good time for people who are like, we're just doing this for fun. We're enjoying the, we're enjoying the bops and the jams. And uh, we're just glad that a lot of other people are coming to enjoy the bops and the jams with us. So uh, make sure that you are following us on Twitch. You have hit the bell to get notified when we go live. Uh, you can also join our Discord at emosocial.club slash Discord. We notify you there as well. Uh, and if you want to see any videos from our streams, mostly just the podcast right now, I've decided not to make video game streaming or video game videos my life. Uh, you can follow <laughs> us on YouTube as well. Subscribe, hit the subscribe button, smash it if that's what you're into. 
uh, <laughs> emosocial.club slash YouTube. And of course, all the links are in the description of the podcast. And that's enough of that shit. So let's get into our stories. Well, we're going to start talking about a new medium of outlet for people who want to write, but not be confined or have to pitch to pitch to people essentially um, within their writing style. And it's a little bit more personal. Like you probably heard uh, with me, you know, promo at the top of the podcast, you know, this week and the last couple of weeks, newsletters are super huge right now and has kind of been, they have been around because we have obviously gotten newsletters from either, you know, newspapers that we follow or any type of like, you know, store or restaurant, they'll send newsletters and say, Hey, this is what's going on. And like, it's a little blurb, but now we're seeing like a huge resurgence of personalized newsletters. And a lot of it are coming from like music writers, at least in this general area that we would like hone in on. But there's also ones for, you know, other writers, people be like, Hey, this is how you do like computer shit. Um, just news newsletters, <laughs> obviously be like, Hey, this is what's going on in the world, whether you like it or not. And there's also for whatever else you want to do, DIY, home improvement. Are you on HGTV? That type of shit too. But for this purpose here on our podcast, we'll talk about the music part of journalism more um, when it comes to writing newsletters. So I first found newsletters because somebody was talking about Transit, the band. I still have no idea what the fuck what they the fuck are. A Transit is. Or the deal is, what the fuck is a Transit? Why do people hate them? Why are people up in arms? I don't understand. Someone explain it to us. I don't get it. But it causes the entire music scene to fucking lose their shit. And I don't huh. understand it. I don't know what to tell you guys. But it started <laughs> off with that and somebody writing a review about it. And I guess their the album that was reviewed was 10 years old. And people like lost their fucking shit about it. And all of a sudden so I saw a, a newsletter old album. They review. I mean, we've seen other people review, you know, even older albums. I, I mean, guess, somebody yeah. pitchfork reviewed three cheers for sweet revenge, which I honestly wouldn't even call a review. It was just them saying, Hey, remember, yeah. oh, remember them? Yeah. It's they they sound pretty, pretty cool. Right. A, let's look could, at it because they're back. And let's call not it like say a mean member things review? about it. Like not, a not a, a member review like not a review by a member but like a member this <laughs> yeah pretty much like, like member this or like you know you like this back then and we probably gave it like a 2.5 or something yeah, shit like that care. but we won't do that now because we know the emails will be really pissed about it but now that it's popular and now that they're coming back let's go ahead and give it a good score today won't you but love our magazine but <laughs> as soon as they drop a new album they'll be like mm, just it's not good you know it doesn't sound Ooh, like for children Young Who is this? Ladies? This is a Japanese breakfast. What is this? This isn't local natives. There's a Japanese breakfast band too. Yeah, there's too many bands with breakfast Japanese in the title. And food items. Yeah. Uh, go on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So the writer of that newsletter is um, at Miranda Reinhardt. And she has been putting out a lot of other newsletters just about general, you know, musings that she has about other bands and then it kind of got me was like oh I could just do it just to see so I started doing it had some decent feedback and then I found more people 
who actually have been doing this longer or have been doing it in like a different way with different like independent like new news music outlets and it's been kind of interesting because it kind of blends your own per it's like having a personal memoir in a sense but also blending it with music or sometimes it's saying hey i'm into this music but let's tie it into like something that's going on in the world right now mm. and it can be more prosy it can be detailed there's not a word limit because it's yours and whatever you're doing and one one of the newsletters that i've actually followed for the last like i think about a year or so is dan ozzy he's a really uh big music writer and he has like a free one and then he has a paid subscription which you get more of his writings and readings um than you would with the free version and that's how also people are starting to make more money on the side especially writers and journalists because uh we don't get paid shit uh in general uh and we're definitely not getting paid shit now yeah so it's another way of income too and it's kind of interesting to see how he's done it as like a traditional music journalism sense but also being like hey here's my two cents that i couldn't put in at like you know vice or rolling stone but here's my two cents here but also here's a traditional written like article so I think it's really cool to see that contrast come to life. Mm. Um, so with these other more, these free newsletters essentially are music writers themselves or like people who are um, used to like doing music critiques. So there's James Cassar. He's get cerebral on Twitter and on Instagram, I believe. And he has his, he used to have this podcast, uh, Serial Confidential and Modern Vinyl. And they did a lot of really big deep dives on music reviews and it would take they would usually take like anywhere from one to three hours depending on whatever the album was to kind of deconstruct it that's the only time i really like music reviews is when it actually was worth <laughs> my time and it's not like oh my god guess what it's so great even though it's like it's fucking generic or whatever <laughs> it's not fanfare it's not free promo um right. you pay for promo and <laughs> who pays for promo he, but he everybody pays for promo everybody everyone pays for promo promo. please play for promo i definitely people work with you to trade these but please pay for promo because that's also um you know people who are writers the emo social club will take money for promo or tradesies will actually just work with you like it's fine we'll just really work with you we're very open people like it's it's fine oh my god how open are we we're so open we're so open just so open right now anything you got anything you want to promote we will accept your email about it. We will, to I'm an extent. Like, like, we're we're eh. still going to evaluate if it fits with our branding and everything like that. Then, yeah. you know, depending. But we're more often than not open to working with you. The money, the money would be great. The money would really make it work. Anyway, sorry, Lizzie, I interrupted you again. <laughs> I was just trying to uh, cash in. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. But um, James Cassar actually put out a um, his own newsletter one day, and it was about Infinity on High from Fall Out Boy, obviously, and how it was, like, obviously. impactful on his life. And it was really good and really detailed. And then I found that. I retweeted it. And then I kind of got linked up with somebody else who was also – who had written something similar. And I was like, wow, there's just a lot of people doing this. And there's, like – obviously, it's not, like, an astronomical amount of people being like, oh, my God, mm. guess what? Like, I have to read this, like, random person's newsletter – but you get enough people who are interested enough to be like, oh, I kind of want to see like what you're writing, what your perspective is on it. So it's mm-hmm. really cool because you also see other people sharing in it. It's, it's mm-hmm. also just a good writing exercise overall. 
So if you've never really written before or you've only done like me, I just typically do a lot of like news article writing. Mm. It's good to kind of like keep yourself like fresh on the creative writing side. Mm. So, and that's been really helpful. And with the newsletters too, they've, they've been around obviously for forever. And one of the ones that is kind of interesting that I feel like always gets forgotten about is the skim and it's a news newsletter, but it basically takes everything that happened overnight that, yeah. in the news and it puts it in a newsletter. And it's like, I think like a paragraph or two each of each, um, like basically topic line and being like, Hey, this shit hit the fan last night. Here's a <laughs> synopsis of it. This other shit hit the fan last night. Here's another synopsis. And, but you read it every what morning. So you, you get up. <laughs> exactly. So you like read it every morning though. So, you know, like, the general news of the world Mm -hmm. going into wherever you're going. So you can like be kind and form and have like, when we did have water cooler conversations type of thing, Oh yeah. Doesn't that, doesn't that suck what happened in Beirut? Yeah. (laughs) You you know, you could just talk about shit like that. And I always forget that that exists myself because I don't, I have to always be up on the news. So for me, that's not useful per se, but I could definitely see how it is for other people who are like, I just want to know what's going on, but I don't want to get too deep into it. So when we look at newsletters as like a new vehicle for like a writing outlet, especially as a revenue outlet, again, like we're not getting paid shit and we never (laughs) get paid shit. This is like a good side hustle for people because you can add like you can get have paid subscriptions like Dan Ozzy if you're that good and like that prolific of a writer mm-hmm. and you know you can get paid for it or you can just like in mine I just put a link to the to the podcast <laughs> jar and I'm like please help yeah. us thank you goodbye hell yeah um we will also just accept it. tips like just straight up we don't need. You don't even need to you have need promo. We'll you just can just accept. tell us. You can just tell us what you like and don't like. We just you know you don't be an asshole about it. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. You can do critiques and be not an asshole. Trust you me, because I've said I've done those. Yeah, you can always not be an asshole. Yeah. Just think so about there's it. just keep that in mind. Just keep that consider, in mind. Consider it. Hey, consider this. Don't be an asshole. Consider, you know. um, yeah, but what I mean, what you're saying essentially sounds like. It, it, it's a bit of additional work for people who write or review music or do, I mean, even what we're doing like with podcasts and stuff is like you're adding content in a written format as somebody who is a person who does writing in the first place. <laughs> like, like what it sounds like is it's somebody who does writing, who thinks about writing, who wants to put out their opinion in a way that is much more readable than like, Hey, I have this really like strong opinion. I'm going to type it out on Facebook and the punctuation is my art. And I just keep making a lot of it splattered all over the post. But Uh, the punctuation doesn't matter. I just want to look like I know how to use a semicolon. Right. Which you don't, you don't, (laughs) you fucking don't. I do. You don't. I, I know how to use a semicolon. We and Lizzie do. I was staring at people <laughs> on Facebook like you don't fucking understand. If I'm on I'm on Facebook for like maybe ten minutes a day, maybe, and that's not even every day. And if I see somebody writing something and they use a semicolon, I'm like, bet you used it wrong. Like bet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sounds very similar to like a a form of promotion through writing. So you would say that like. 
anybody could kind of do this, but it should be like a writer, like somebody like, like the idea is that it should be somebody who is, is expressing themselves through the art of words, the written word, movable prints. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry. It always reminds me of like the, like shit we learned in, in school about like the, the movable prints. We must keep you mean it from the, the surfs. The, the, the Gutentag? <laughs> the Gutentag? <laughs> the Gutentag is German for good I know, afternoon. It's hello, I know. That's, that's, for, that's for good afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the Gutenberg. Movable print. And we cannot let the surfs <laughs> have it. Um, Excuse me, sir. But I think that that's it's just good it's a good secondary outlet or fourth outlet knowing how much uh we don't get paid how many jobs we have to work yeah um and it's accessible because you can just sign up for whatever i know Substack is like the most popular one i don't know yeah. if there's other like newsletter ones that are free but i'm pretty sure for the platforms there are i just don't know them personally i mean couldn't but you put it on like uh, i guess you could I, like, do it on like a site but then i guess yeah. it's just more like a blog uh, like uh, what is the difference between this and a blog i guess in a way so for a newsletter you basically people will have to, will come and they'll like sign up so they'll like give their email and gotcha. then every time that you hit post or publish on your writing yeah it immediately gets sent to them and so then you not... can track it if you if they open it how many times uh, they open okay. it and then like the statistics on it whereas for a blog you post it you do the SEO, yeah. you know, you personally post it on whatever socials you want to put us post it on. And yeah. then you kind of hope that people see it. So it's not like posting on medium or posting on Facebook. It's like sending an email, like a, like a, like a newsletter email or like a, right. something like that rather than, okay. So it's not like hosted in one place. Everybody has to go and look at it in that place. This is like right. something where it's like, Hey, if you want to enjoy my writing, if you want to receive it to your inbox, like here's, here's the link to do that sort of thing. Yeah, basically is, you know, and it's basically, it's not forced, but if see, people read it, they can say, <laughs> okay, I want to, I want to see more, but then you can also see as like the writer on, you know, the Substack at least shows you how many times like each email has opened um, the email that was sent for the most recent article. Yeah. And it'll also tell you how many people overall have like visited your site to read just your articles in general. So that's also the point that's in there more than like blogs, because I know depending on if you have like Wix or WordPress, you won't get a lot of those statistics unless you pay extra for them. And there's hmm. no real way to kind of gauge without it. So it's more accessible than like the typical website, unless gotcha. like, you know, you do a blog because that's your thing, whatever. I get it. Yeah. But it also kind of keeps you more diligent because especially in like how many people that I have been following and interacting with, like on Twitter with newsletters it seems like people are putting them out multiple times a week or there's mm. people starting to slow down a bit because you know the momentum of it is starting to fade but so they're doing it once a week and it seems like it's in the middle of the week so it kind of makes everyone have to do it to keep <laughs> relevant with it to say oh i wasn't just a part of the trend i'm like continuously doing it so it kind of forces you to make you accountable Mm -hmm. to do it too which i find is like super interesting because with a blog you just post it and be like well only five people read this last time like i really don't need to make another one you know tomorrow or next <laughs> week i could just let it sit there this kind of yeah people could call you out and be like hey i didn't get like a newsletter from you last week you usually do like say one a week so where is it 
Like, I wonder if it's in the, in the world of content, the content of content, uh, you have different like formats, like visual, written, audio, whatever. Uh, so like we put out a podcast every week uh, where it's just us like chilling, talking. Our thoughts and opinions get on the audio medium, uh, which you can't edit. So it's just whatever we say, it comes out and you can't do anything about it. Video, you know, you can edit more and you can make it like more of this like direct thing. We have a YouTube channel that you can watch all of our podcasts on. Emosocial.club slash YouTube. You can find the link there. <laughs> and, uh, you can subscribe and Brian will give your children A's in their class <laughs> I will Smash that subscribe <laughs> that, is a, that is a reference from before we started recording <laughs> That's fine um, Yeah, so it, it, it like sounds like it's something within all of those things And like if you make it more of a consistent overtime thing Like obviously it will do better for you But like I think the difference of being it being that it is like sending it out to somebody like, Hey, whatever you're doing, like here is this email for you to read. Uh, and of course, you know, when, when you send it out and all that stuff is, is part of it. But at the very least, like you have this thing that you are directing to them as opposed to like, Hey, we're doing this thing over here. Like come this way. And I think that like, you're going to end up having more people that are, actively interested in what you have to say and what you have to put out, which I guess does make you more accountable than a lot of other things. A lot of other formats, like we've taken weeks off of the podcast because, you know, we have other shit to do, but it's not like anybody's like, Oh yeah, you know, they didn't put out a podcast this week. But like, if you're like, I'm actively coming to you to like get that newsletter, like obviously that person's going to go, Oh yeah, I didn't really see that last week. I guess it's like anything, though. You could be like, guys, I am busy and I am sorry. <laughs> yeah, I so it's it is like that. I mean, it's really with any any medium, though, because I know we can even like do that. And I mean, I had never really had anybody be like, hey, like, why didn't you post last week? But that's also because we're like putting on our socials like, hey, I didn't do this <laughs> because, you know, we have yeah. a following. Whereas newsletters, you can't really do that. I mean, I uh, guess you could. You could unless probably, they like, also make- follow you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so you that's can send like out an hoping. update like yeah, no po- no guys, uh, no not, newsletter not this, this week. week, which is your newsletter that week, I guess. And then you're like, hey, sorry, I see ya, peace yeah. out next week. Also, I guess it would if, just be weird if you hold us accountable, please. If you're listening, like, and we are like, hey, we're not doing a podcast this week, like, hold us accountable. <laughs> like, we need that. We need that kick in the ass from our from our listenership of like, hey, I like what you do whose ass can I kick? <laughs> if, if you're on Twitter, you can kick my ass and I'll throw it over to Brian so he can feel the pain throw too. Throw it to Brian. Uh, yeah. And you can, you can contact our Instagram and I'll probably respond to you there or not. I don't know. It depends on how I feel. <laughs> or come to oh, our I Twitch do. streams and I'll, I'll you talk shit to me there too. Yeah. You can bully him. That's fine. I like it. Oh, I think, it, I think it's right. funny. It's good content. <laughs> It's good fucking content when you're bullying the streamer or whomever. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested. I, I know you obviously have been writing. Uh, you've done a few newsletters uh, for now, and you've also just been writing a lot in general, I guess, uh, because as a news woman, as a news person, as a, as a person who is interested in this sort of life of news. I don't know what you'd call it. Like you're not really like, you're not, you're not generally like, 
aside from like our podcast and stuff, you're not like on camera. You're not like the talent, yeah, quote not unquote, so much. Yeah, I'm not doing any of that because I can't do that in the market in which we are in because <sighs> I'm not a 50-year-old man. <laughs> that is a whole other thing. real. That's a whole other piece of piece that of is shit a whole to other thing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, for newsletter, yeah, I don't do much um, front of the camera work because I never really wanted to. So mm-hmm. I'm more of like the back end of it in like my professional life outside of this professional life. <laughs> <laughs> this, this this is professional, guys. Th- this professional. This is professional here. This uh, is professional. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you obviously like have been writing for a long time, uh, for whatever purpose, whether it's for work or for news or for fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like how, how, how do you think it's been going? How do you feel about it? And how do you think like, is it, is it good as like an, an outlet? Is it good as like a, like, do you, are you like worried about people reading it? Are you worried about like getting it in people's like, like getting people to actually respond to it? I mean, I was worried that nobody was going to give a shit. Obviously, that's everybody's worry with whatever the fuck that they decide to put out. I mean, mm. we worry all the time in general. I'm I'm constantly worried. <laughs> yeah, we are consistently worried the about you social guys club, listening to us. The Please only, keep the, listening. The membership fee to this club is anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when it, like, you always worry that somebody's not going to want to read it. And when I first started... I just did something very general because I didn't know what style of writing I wanted to do. And it seemed okay. I didn't end up liking it too much looking back on it now, all of like a month ago, pretty much. But <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it happens whenever you do any type of writing or, mm-hmm. you know, any type of media you personally produce, you're always going to probably hate it later on. And as you start to develop your skills more and I... It it made me want to start writing more things that had happened in my life that I never really wanted to like acknowledge or like it was very hard for me to speak about. And I've never spoken about certain topics before. And I was like, I know that I can give this out in writing, but I have never put it like pen to paper, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was like keys to my fingers to the keys, basically, Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to write the whole ass thing out. (laughs) Isn't that a follow boy lyric? probably put your fingers to the keys or something it's it's in one of their songs i don't know there's too many lyrics probably but <laughs> out of that whole fallout boy thing with um those two newsletter writers i was like oh i'll write one but i'll do it about like folia do or some shit like that i really oh, yeah. didn't have because i didn't have any like really emotional attachment to infinity on high as much as the, <laughs> the other people you know did and do I more have emotional attachment to like folia do and mania to be a hundred percent honest i mean I, I've seen your newsletters like, yeah, I get it. But also Infinity on High is still my preferred Fall Out Boy record. I will be 100% honest. I did not come around to Infinity on High until I was like halfway through my undergrad degree. Uh, wow. Yeah. Which, so it really wow. has no emotional attachment for me as much as like other people. Fair. <laughs> and like that's what I really want to convey here because I went and I started writing about Fall Out Boy and how like they're like, my favorite band and everything. And then I kept writing and I thought about it and I started writing a completely different newsletter and a completely different narrative. And I was like, wait a second, 
this isn't what I wanted to do. Cause I'm talking about like my chemical romance, for example. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. But then it started to, th- I started to feel better as I started writing it out. And I felt like it was more cathartic because at least for that one newsletter, it's talking about something I've never really talked about with anybody before in my life because it's such a heavy topic for me. And it's something I've never learned to properly cope with. And it was stuff that I had been talking with like through therapy for years about because it happened. It's been such a consistency in my life since I was so little, that is kind of all that I know in like kind of a fucked up way. But for me to be able to put it down and express my emotions. So people don't keep thinking or you know dispels the fact that I'm not this weird creepy you know proverbially sad and angry person it's more of like the fact that I have had to process and have had a consistent encounter with like death and dying for me a lot of like the culture, like say, and like the alternative, so like we have like skulls and shit and whatever. I mean, like I have like this. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach on anything. It pops desk. out. Yeah. Like I have a skull here and everything. Um, but and multiple. But yeah, everyone's always like, "That's weird." Especially now, I'm like 25, and everyone's like, "This is a phase you grow out of." And like, why are you still kind of weird it's like really this? Not. And it's really not, guys. It's how you grew up. Like it's how you're gonna be exactly like you're gonna change a little bit but it's always gonna be there it's It's just gonna get better and more refined it's gonna refine over time it's gonna age like really good cheese right emo is a cheese (laughs) (laughs) yeah emo is a cheese not a wine not a whiskey uh, a cheese i just wanted uh, to throw it out to see it be like okay nobody's really used like cheese before but cheese is like really good yeah but also it's cheese like aged cheddar cheese fucking hits like yeah, sharp cheddar no. aged cheese fucking hits listen i like a lot of food that's aged i like a lot of it uh <laughs> prosciutto is really good like aged meats like dried meats uh kimchi has a fermented food you know you got all this like aged stuff that's ferment uh, whatever <laughs> but when you're like yo you know what when i'm talking like what how like how does how does uh you know this shit like how does this emo shit get refined? Oh, like cheese. <laughs> this is like a refined cheese. Oh, it's like the better it gets, the more it's like cheese. I just wanted to, I just wanted to like do like a quick like turn. Yeah, like, go really far. Like yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, the turn is taking a lot longer than you wanted it to. Your turn really <laughs> took a turn. <laughs> well, but with newsletters, uh, the, at least that one that I had written, it felt very like releasing for me mm. because I, I have always wanted to write things about it. And I had like in my like notes, I've had things I've written down, like, you know, paragraphs that I just had or things that I've written down in my journal and everything for years concerning this topic. Mm-hmm. And I never showed it to anybody. I never talked explicitly to anybody about it. So to kind of put it out there, I was like, well, I kind of want people to care, but also I feel so much better that, if it's just like my friends who see it, maybe it's going to help them understand me more and like kind of like why I'm like this basically <laughs> in a way. Yeah. And it had actually really good response to people, which I was very surprised about. Like last week, uh, we said that somebody had tipped and said that it was a very helpful for them in like coping with the death of one of their family members. And I was like, that's fucking cool. Like I never mm. really thought that that would be something. So 
with going forward with it, I kind of want to keep doing it just for my own personal sense, because obviously not everyone's going to vibe with it. You can try and entangle music with it as much as you want it to. But if it kind of like works as a coping mechanism for you at the end of the day, and maybe it is only your like your friends or family or whoever the fuck you want to read it, it's better in the long run to just do it instead of just kind of festering with it because it is that's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of see newsletters as also like a creative outlet just for people who are seeking a way to just say whatever it is that they want to say or ha- like need to say and get out to. Mm-hmm. So you know, you can do it for your own personal need, but if you're going to be like advertising it and be like, Hey, like I have a newsletter, like this is what it is. And you're promoting it and everything, obviously do it. If you're like a writer, you're trying to get income or you're just trying to like test the waters and see, maybe you're going from one form of writing to a creative form of writing. Definitely try it. I think it's fun. It's cool. Obviously if you don't stick with it, then it's not your vibe, but at least for me, it's been very helpful with me processing a lot of emotions and feelings that, it's been very difficult for me and just overall I can get my own opinions out too I don't have to worry about pitching to like a magazine or a newspaper Mm. and then being worried about I'm not being objective enough I'm you know showing too many sides but not enough sides you know you don't have to worry about it because it's yours and you're just doing it for you so it's really cool to kind of see it as like a self-care way in a sense but also Mm. it's for your professional life if you want it to be Lizzie, would you believe that uh, in Sturgis, <laughs> South Dakota, they were like, you know, what would be like really necessary for us to do right now is have a Smash Mouth concert. You know, I do believe, honestly, Brian, <laughs> was, because there was also a uh, biker rally going on there for what? some godforsaken reason. Here's the thing about this story is that what what part of it is not like what part of it is surprising what part of it is shocking what part of it is unbelievable like there's there's no part of this that makes zero sense all of it is like yep 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 like you can't hear smash mouth plays a show during a pandemic where nobody is social distancing no one's wearing masks in south dakota for a a biker rally like no one hears that story and goes what i can't believe and then if i say oh trapped was there you're like of course trapped is fucking there like of course trapped is fucking they there. have to be they legally have to be at this trapped point. cannot play anywhere like they're getting boycotted from a bunch of venues but you not know our house lombard they uh, are playing next month Brower house respect to you we had a nice experience there playing there but like uh, you should cancel that uh, <laughs> Trapped is a bad, uh, is objectively a bad person and person. a bad band. The whole band is a persona, and all of them in there are just bad. They're using the main Twitter account. They're not even like viewing it from, uh, like, like the singer's not tweeting from his own personal account. He's tweeting from the band account. Like he probably didn't even consult with the band. And be like, hey, Absolutely is not. it okay if I tweet this out? No. Like you do in a partnership when you are in a band or like a podcast per se, and you're there. He just like no. Full send. We all probably think the same thing. And if you don't, you can leave the band. And also, leave the band. (laughs) Please. Actually, leave the band. Do yourself a favor. How's your Pandora streams? Um, But I I wanted to talk about this story a bit because 
there's a part of me that is like excited about the idea that people are figuring out ways to do music. And then I'm like, but are you like, are, are, is this, is what? (laughs) Like, I don't think no one is arguing the point that like, we don't want music and we don't want to figure out a way. We don't want to make it the safest, most, uh, 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 comfortable way that we can do it in this, in the situation we have currently where we won't cause undue, uh, pressure on the medical system, undue, uh, pain and suffering for families and people who go. And like, we want to provide these outlets of what music has provided to all of us, but like, stop trying to do it now. <laughs> like our, our country has had such a bad response to this pandemic that the concept that you'd be like, Oh, we're going to, we're just going to do a concert is so unnecessary to me. Like, and, and, and we, we were talking before the, before the recording about like how all of this shit with schools and, and, and restaurants and all this business is like, we have to open, we have to make some money because there are people that are, have no, uh, resolution when, when there is no work to do. There are people that are just straight up not going to be making any money and there's nothing we can do because there is no way we can make income. So certainly I, I am sympathetic to that, but like the reason that it's not happening is the reason that w- is because it's not right to do like, that's the reason that's why we're not doing it. There's no reason we it's like, Oh, we decided not to do this and we could, because the reason we, sh- we decided not to do this because we should not do it. Uh, so I, I mean, maybe <laughs> I'm sure you feel the same way as me because we've had people on talking about how concerts are closed yes. down and it's negatively affecting the, uh, the music economy for sure. But like, why is it that all of these, like, I don't, I, I, I'm hesitant to say right wing. I'm hesitant to say Republican. I'm hesitant to like toss all of these labels onto this, but in a, a, let's say lower population state like South Dakota in a more like rural area in a place where bands like smash mouth and trapped and Lita Ford and Buck cherry are good old Buck cherry. Good old Buck cherry uh, are playing concerts in front of an outdoor crowd. That's not social distancing, not wearing masks. Like why? Why? I think it's just a bunch of people because I actually, I had to pull audio for work of people at that bike rally pre smash smash mouth. And before they got they, smashed. Yeah. Before they got smashed in the mouth. Um, God. And they were saying, Oh, I just don't think it's a big deal. I have a mask and I'll try to stay far away, but I don't think it's a big deal. They legit just do not fucking care. It's pretty much what and it like, is. They don't care. Those people at the, that biker rally, they don't care. Like, do you think that, like, it's not happening in Chicago? Although I, I do know that, like, some outdoor, some things have happened. Uh, drive-in shows, uh, things like that. Right. They, there have been some, I know, in the south suburbs of Chicago, mm. um, in, like, Blue Island and in, like, Beverly there has been some shows at like dive bars happening with like mm-hmm. small local bands, which in a sense I get, but in another sense, it still kind of rubs me the wrong way because right. there's so many other local bands too, who aren't doing that because of like safety precautions, but y'all just decide to do it because you just yeah. think it's chill. I like don't I guess I don't get it. Is this a sense of like, 
where certain people, because I, I, I think that it's, it's interesting, again, not to attach labels to it, but like in certain areas with certain demographics, you're saying, fuck it, we're going to do this, right? So these, these communities have gone full fuck it and they're like, we're doing it no matter what. We, we, you know, and, and we look at it and we go, all right, well, of course they're doing it. Like, of course that community's doing it. But if Chicago said, hey, outdoor concerts are fine. These are the regulations. You have to stay within this. You can do whatever you want, right? If that happened in Chicago, would we feel differently? And I don't think you and I necessarily would feel very differently. I think that we are on board with like, I'd rather not do it now so that we can do it sooner. Yeah. Uh, you and I probably are not at peak fuck it yet. We're at like, no. mid, we're like, we're like medium to low fuck it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As long as we have something to do, I think we're at like that medium to low fuck it. Yeah. The point where we run out of things to do is when we're going to be <laughs> we're like, gonna rise we're up just going to peak fuck go. it. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's, like let's maybe that's go. like, maybe that's more like where these communities are. Is like, we have no outlets. We have, we have nothing else that we can find to do. You've canceled all of these things. We can't go to stores for so long. We can't do this. We can't do that. And people are very willing to say, yeah, it's fine. Let's go. Fuck it. And here we're still like, no, we understand that we are going to be able to do things sooner if we do not say fuck it right now. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I personally, you know, being a musician, would not sign up to play a show. Like if somebody was like, Hey, do you want to play? I'd be like, no, we're not playing in front of a crowd. We're not putting other people like the band can be safe. Smash mouth. is like, don't you worry guys. We had a full, like we had things on our rider for COVID precautions that they took into full consideration. They had their own COVID precautions that they did. Like, don't you worry. And it's like, I'm not worried about smash mouth. <laughs> My concern at no point in this conversation was about fucking smash mouth. My concern is about people who are at peak fuck it saying, cool, I'm a go because you're putting on the event. You are facilitating this event for people and I'm peak fuck it. So I'm going to it. Like you are, you are as the, as the proprietor of a, of a location, as a proprietor of a venue, uh, outdoor, indoor, whatever, like saying, if I'm going to build it, they will come to it. So therefore I'll build it and they'll come to it. And I think that's where like this disconnect between like smash mouth is, is like as an artist, like I'm of course, I'm of course responsible for being there and then providing the, the service to them. And if I am providing a service, people are going to come. So I think it's like, as an artist, you have a responsibility to say, this is not safe. I should not be doing this. That's how I feel you, about Smash Mouth and Trap. I mean, do you, how do you feel though? Because I know that there's a lot of things, a lot of nightlife and events and shows going on down in Texas and they have one of the highest COVID rates and they are struggling so much to get it it's under control. It's a correlation. It's yeah. I was about to ask, do you believe it's obvious? It's a correlation, but also these are happening in like Austin, Texas, uh, traditionally like liberal area. Same thing with Houston. That's I think is a bit more moderate. Generally, but they're still happening yeah. in like these kind of city city suburb areas, kind of similar to what we have in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily near like the rural parts. Right. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm so hesitant to put like a belief system on a location. I'm hesitant to put a belief system on a political view. Like 
I don't think that I don't think this thing cares about politics. Like, I don't think that's what matters here. So like putting that label, putting that on them, I think is unfair to do to the people who probably have different ways of looking at it and probably like are, are not all agreeing on the same reasons. I don't think that everybody who went to the show doesn't believe that COVID is happening. Doesn't believe that masks help. I don't believe that that's everybody. I believe that there were people there who were wearing masks who were like, it's happening. So I'm going to go. Uh, and I, I, I would assume that's probably the same thing everywhere, but it is also like local leadership that says we are monitoring how our, our, uh, positivity rate, which is the way that you should measure it. Not how many cases, but the positivity rate of testing, uh, because America, United States, the country, uh, has the highest positivity rate in the world right now, I believe, uh, whether that's true or not, I'm saying it, stop, stop getting it, stop going outside. Um, so it, it, it feels to me that like these governorships, uh, these local people that are in charge of these things, allowing it to happen and not monitoring the case of like, what is our positivity rate in what I can control and then passing laws and, and, and regulations on what can happen now and when it can happen again. Um, you also have places that are not necessarily barring travel from other, like Illinois is barred travel from certain States. And if you come in, you have to quarantine for two weeks. So it's saying that like, Hey, we are taking the right steps that we we're taking the steps we believe is right based on science, information from health officials, those kind of things to make these decisions. None of them are saying, yeah, fuck it, have an outdoor concert. So if local governments are saying we're not going to pay attention to this shit, we're going to allow these things to happen under these regulations, then like you're going to see a rise in cases from those things. I also don't think there's been, there haven't been enough concerts to say this is the reason. Like it's not concerts. It's people at peak fuck it that are doing whatever they want to do, going to a beach, going to parties, uh, hanging out with more than a certain number of people, those kind of things, not getting tested, not like finding out, not contact tracing, um, not just like avoiding the situations. Uh, I'm sure we'll see in the next couple of weeks, like how many cases or how many positivity results we get from schools reopening in certain States. Um, so I, I mean, it's not concerts. It's definitely not outdoor concerts that are causing spikes in certain States, but local regulation would be like a hundred percent, a, a major factor in re reducing positivity rates. And then also allowing these things to happen in a much safer environment. Uh, and I don't think that's, that's not labeling. That's just like, if you're making the right decisions based on science and health officials, we can have concerts sooner and then you don't have to cause more problems. You can solve the problems. You fucking morons. I can't be too nice to people that I'm like, you're not doing the right thing for so long. I'm like, Hey, let's give you the benefit of the doubt. You can make the right choice. It's like, no, you're being a fucking moron right now. All right, new music. We have some recommendations. I have one. <laughs> Love it. So uh, proud. Joji and Diplo put out a new song uh, called Daylight. I really like it. I'm a big fan of Joji. Uh, it's kind of like sad, droning, dance poppy music. So, of course, I'm into it. Lizzie, you go ahead. And, and a couple of these I'm going to respond to. So, so Barty Strange, he came out with a new single, Boomer. And also, Ryan Reynolds actually started posting on his Instagram 
about Marty Strange and how much he loves his music. Interesting. So his like vinyl has been like selling out because of Ryan Reynolds, I feel. Wow. Because not only the music he's been putting out is really good. It's kind of like dreamy. It's still emo, but it's a little bit of kind of like rap but not so like overtly like traditional rap. It's kind of like a good mix of everything. And I really like it. And the fact that Ryan Reynolds is super into it and keeps posting about it on his Instagram yeah. is probably like fucking amazing. Yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> so um, so there's that. So you should check that out. I think his LP comes out within the next couple of weeks. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know the exact date, but you can go check him out on um, Twitter, Instagram, or hit up Ryan Reynolds' Instagram to find out more. The other one that I am uh, also vibing with from Bandcamp Friday, which was last Friday, hmm. I actually bought my first piece of digital music online for the first time in probably like I am not kidding you probably like 12 or 13 years and it's a Blink-182 cover compilation so there's Blink-182 covers of uh, from Joyce Manor uh, Retirement Party Adult Mom and a bunch of different um, other like indie underground bands doing their own takes on different Blink-182 songs Very so nice. Adult Mom did a cover of Josie so it's kind of like synthwave bedroom pop and I was like it was only $5 and I'm pretty sure it's still $5 you pay whatever you want and then you can just get it whenever on your band camp so definitely if you are a big Blink-182 fan or if you want to um, hear it with a different take because maybe you don't like Blink-182 as much or whatever <laughs> whatever really Blink-182 is Take it or leave it at this it's, fucking point. It's so much better than the new song they put out. Quarantine oh, is a, 100%. is objectively not good. It's not a good yeah. song. I, I don't think I met one person who is absolutely like, yes, I love this song. Yeah. I've heard people just say, this song is out. Uh, bad song. Bad song. Uh, but what's not a bad song or any really bad songs at all is, an, is the Scott Pilgrim versus the World uh, yeah. vinyl reissue. Hell yeah. It's the 10 year anniversary and they're putting out the version of Black Sheep, the song by Clash of Demon Head from yes. the movie, not the metric version, which not no shade on metric and their version. No, metric of it, is great. Go listen to like, metric if you don't if you haven't listened yeah. to metric. But like the version from the movie is so good, and I'm very excited that they're putting it out ten years later. Yes. Uh, Edgar Wright has been posting a lot of behind the scenes stuff and he posted the announcement of this, so uh, check out his Instagram. The behind the scenes stuff is awesome. And then uh, the last one that I'm really psyched about is Valencia is reissuing for the 10 year anniversary of Dancing with a Ghost on vinyl for the first time ever. So like not really new music, but you can finally have this album on <laughs> vinyl. And I really like Valencia a lot. Mm -hmm. So I saw that and I was very hype about it. Yeah, so enjoy the enjoy the tunes and Blink ready to do better. <laughs> Finally, I think that like, you know, we are a new um we're a new we're a music podcast, we're a new music podcast, we're a news podcast and like it's not genre specific to us here at the Emo Social Club, but uh Cardi B and Megan the Stallion's song WAP uh yep has been just really on the news uh way more than i think it should ha should be although i do uh, i think we we talked that we both agree with the message of it but i have not actually listened to the song lizzie you have if you want to give us a review of the song so it kind of opens up with a backing track of saying 
there's hoes in this house. And I had to stop and restart the song because I was like, what the fuck are they saying in here? Let's rewind. (laughs) And I was like, excuse me? And I was like, oh, okay. So that's it. Because I had only read about what had happened. I'm probably like a good like five days late to listening to the song. So I've all seen all the discourse online. So I was like, okay. Then I'm listening to it more. And I was like, okay, I, I guess I understand. It is very overtly sexual. It's like, okay, whatever. And I was thinking because a lot of the criticism that was coming from the lyrics specifically were that they were too overly sexual. But I'm listening to it. And I'm like, why does this just sounds like any other like popular pop song or popular mm-hmm. rap song that I've ever heard. It's just like women saying it more so. And I think it's also because I don't think I definitely could be wrong. I don't know. I really don't listen to rap or hip hop that much. So I think it's like one of the very first that has been very popular in the Mm -hmm. last so many years that has been that explicit Mm -hmm. with like sexual themes and terminology that I think so many people were like, what is this from, in general? But also say, the from same. a woman? Is that Yeah, from a woman, from two the, women. That's the criteria that I've been hearing so much about is that it's it's women being overtly sexual in a world where we only accept men being overtly sexual. Oh yeah, of course. I mean I was have thinking I'm like we listened to Lollipop by Lil Wayne and the cover by Framing Hanley, me specifically only. <laughs> we don't need and to I'm give like, Framing Hanley any free press on this podcast. <laughs> oh my God. We don't need to. But that's, I was thinking back to that and I'm like, well, that's pretty, you know, that was pretty like, not like overtly, but it was pretty mm-hmm. like heavily inferred of what, what, what it was talking oh, about uh, big yeah, time, obviously. Yeah. And then just thinking about any other song that was probably popular like you know at school dances that we went to in mm-hmm. like the mid to you know late 2000s right that's when i went to high school too <laughs> it wasn't but sure <laughs> jesus christ i mean i was like oh yeah you know like little john get low like that was like what the fuck are we listening to and it's like oh okay. are you sure that wasn't just because it was little john uh First of all, that song is a modern classic. That song is a <laughs> song will ta- last the test of time. Uh, but certainly for a high school aged person, I'm like, hey, I don't get this. But nobody stopped it from being played at the fucking school dance. It wasn't the kids Bob version either. It was not. It was it was the it was the kids are uh, kids shouldn't know about how to bop version. <laughs> kids be bopping version i mean obviously like the the discourse on it has entirely been around like comparing females being overtly sexual to males being overtly sexual especially in the context of hip-hop especially in the context of mainstream media um and i'm like yeah that's that's the argument it's like all of these scenes all of these music scenes especially have been primarily male dominated and I mean, nothing, nothing to say about how many songs we hear about a dude talking about his dick. And then like, why are we hearing so like, why is this okay? And why are guys like, yeah, that's awesome. And then like a girl sings about her parts. (laughs) I don't know what we're saying. I don't know what we're like, how like, like 
we say people are dicks. So I'm like, I'm just repeating the word dick. Like, that's fine. But I'm like, well, here's the thing. It, it kind of comes with the same thing, though, because like we censor ourselves so much about like, yeah, the, fem- no, the, like the female body parts. Yeah. So what WAP stands for, because I didn't I didn't realize what WAP stood for because I would just see it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Anthony and Fantana I somebody, had to tell me. <laughs> I, saw, I, I saw it written down. I was like, oh, so what it stands for, for other people who may not know by now, it stands for wet ass pussy. You, you like really you, your volume was not loud on that one you're like and your your enunciation went up and your volume went down <laughs> you're like you're you're like hitting the t's and the p's but you're like i don't want to hit them too loud i don't want it to be too loud the t's and the p's are loud but the, so, the volume uh, is soft but P-P. um the, the fact that they are talking about <laughs> what <laughs> You literally called me out for not saying it. I'm like not using terminology. And it's like, yeah, we, we, we've existed in this culture where like this terminology is seen as inappropriate while male genitalia terminology is seen as appropriate and like call me out for it. And then you're just like, Hey, do you mind if I just whisper the female terminology? Like, Well, that's the thing too, though, because it goes in hand with even as women, we can't even talk about our own body parts without having to censor. Right. Because right. we feel uncomfortable and conditioned to be uncomfortable we are, about We it. are an example. We are not breaking the <laughs> stigma. We are like... Hey. We're examples and we're trying to break the yeah. stigma, but we're scared. <laughs> but also like this is me, like personally, I'm like, I, don't, I feel awkward saying like certain words like... Like I don't want to. Like certain words is like not nah, whatever. Yeah. Oh my god, Lizzie. Lizzie needs to learn how to spell before she starts spelling out loud. Um, yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm 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 in the boat that like there are male dominated scenes where like therefore we are fine with speaking openly about male sexuality because that is looked at as uh, either something to be honored or something that is is fine in the open uh not gonna argue about you know uh rape culture and all these kind of things like how it kind of makes certain things okay and other things not but certainly i am fine with women uh uh putting their sexuality on display in order to try to break that stigma because we've seen how people have reacted to it and have perpetuated the stigma and created uh more stigma around it uh that's great. <laughs> uh, literally just, I mean, I, I, I won't say anything about how I believe that it's all playing into a promotional narrative that is beneficial to both sides of the promotional narrative. <laughs> it's made it a popular song while also promoting people who speak uh, negatively about the song uh, and perpetuate uh, stigmas about females. Uh, so that's great. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I can only be sarcastic about it because I'm just like, it, it seems pretty obvious. Like, you know, it, it's a big news story, so I feel like we wanted to comment on it. But obviously, everybody already has uh, the the main takes, and we don't really need to give those takes about like celebrities or, or mainstream. Yeah, a lot pundits. of the takes are pretty what you would assume or what we've already yeah. talked about. And I think the other thing that people were not happy about was that Kylie Jenner was in it. Yeah, to which the is point such where people non- were literally writing like signing petitions to get her removed from the video doesn't work that way guys by the way it just doesn't work it, that yeah way. i i'm still trying to understand the reasoning behind it i'm not entirely sure i um only on that front because she's a white woman in a celebration of black women i'd be like yeah i understand your concerns yeah here, okay but then i can also, get that also also like 
it was already decided and Cardi B like went to Twitter and like was defending her on She also it. deleted that that yeah, com- that I know, tweet. which I'm like Cardi B, I don't like that you back down. You're not you're the person that doesn't back down. Whether you're right or wrong, you don't back down. And that's right. what we appreciate about you. You once told Tommy Laren you would dog walker, so you know, I like you. I like you. Um yeah, I I I was curious, uh and maybe we can speak on this for for uh for a little bit. Um because it it is something to consider of our own scene and how male dominated the emo uh music scene is as well and how there are a lot of songs talking shit about women uh uh being very in in some cases violent in some cases inciting of violence in some cases uh explicit more I, i'd say more on the violent end than on the sexual end there's not a lot of sexual promiscuity and yeah, and not more. Scene. I mean, there's a few songs. Attila. Like, obviously, like, <laughs> I can get sexual, too, from Say Anything. But yeah. in general, I don't feel like there's that many more, like, uh, yeah. sexual innuendo-type songs. It's, it's not, more of, like, hey, I want to, like, go and cuddle and then... <laughs> fucking hold hands. I want to fucking hold hands. <sighs> um, and, and, you know, to that point is, like, is it okay within our scene that it is male-dominated being in one way aggressive towards women in, in a separate way than, than, you know, in the rap community or rap music, uh, it's more aggressive of like breakups and she broke my heart and she's a bitch and I hate her and all this. And I don't, I don't know if there is space for women to speak in the same way about men. I don't know if there is space, uh, to be as understanding about the content and the context of it from women and I don't know if women necessarily even want to do the same type of of material if they want to write the same thing. I think that it's it's wanting to be done. And I know there have been newer um, artists that have been doing it, but they get such negative backlash because it seems as they're like boy bashing. Mm but they they aren't looking at the inherent culture that is pop punk and it being so male dominated that it's so secreted into the cult the subculture mm-hmm. that it's normal to have these you know traditionally all male pop punk lineups you know complaining about their girlfriends or their exes or whomever mm-hmm. the fuck it is and then saying like oh you left me and I'm mad because that's what we want out of that genre that's why we come to this genre so because that's embedded in in it as kind of like a prereq for pop punk for the most part i think this is also why that we don't see a lot of women and we only see really like Haley williams primarily as like the main pop punk front Mm -hmm. person front woman in this scene honestly is because you know she rose up talking about general you know love and heartbreak she was never Mm -hmm. like saying like oh boy you suck or like my boyfriend sucks it was whereas you can listen to like you know a blink 182 songs like oh my girlfriend (laughs) blah 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 or you know any other songs like oh my god like and they they gender it when they gender it that's when you start to see disconnect from the male community if it is Mm -hmm. like a woman or a non-male person a non-binary person 
you know, singing whatever song it is, that's when people get up in arms is mm. what I've tended to notice. But even with Haley Williams, like you have Paramore and you don't have it gendered. Mm. You have it like where anybody can be like, yeah, like I'm pissed off at like my ex or my significant other or whomever. And everyone can vibe with it. But when she came out with Pedals for Armor mm -hmm. on her own, away separate from Paramore, that you do get that because obviously everybody knows that her and Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory broke up. So mm -hmm. that's like a general knowledge for people who usually like Haley Williams or Paramore in general. Right. And you listen to that and you know that it's a call out to him. You know it's a call out to a male. Mm -hmm. But I feel because her music does sound more soft and indie that it's more accepted. And I feel that that's why there's a lot more thriving female and non-binary indie music musicians now, rather than in like the pop punk and emo scene, because it's just so deeply ingrained within our subculture that it has to be about like your girlfriend who mm -hmm. pissed you off, who fucked you over, who you cheated on or did whatever because yeah. that's just what we expect because that's kind of what it was born out of at the end mm. of the day when we look at like these pop punk pioneers and i think that it's so hard to remove it from there especially when you just keep seeing these pop punk bands with a, a bunch of dudes just popping up like wildfire mm -hmm. and they're all pretty much they at least have one song talking about how their ex screwed them over or how they're <laughs> mad at their ex or they're getting back at their ex doing something crazy so I think it's just because there is such it's I don't even know if it's right to say it's straight up misogyny or if it's more of people want to be accepted within a pop punk community. Therefore, they think that in order to do so, they have to present this type of song yeah. or this type of theme consistently to be seen as such within that scene. But that's just my hypothesis. Really, it comes down to everything being gendered. Yeah. Really, at the end of the day. I really like that as a as a summary. It's, you know, I think we need more women to be making music. I think it needs to be gendered. W women and non-binary, let's put it that way. Non-cisgender uh, non men. Uh, and speaking in gendered terms. Uh, however that is for you, like having less of this men can gender their songs. Men can put a song out about a woman, but, uh, women, non-binary other genders cannot put uh, a, a specific title on the person they're talking about. Uh, and I think that that is, you know, until we start doing that, uh, we'll, we, we won't have this more open culture within our subculture. Well, thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. We hope you are enjoying uh, what we're doing here, what we're what we're all about. Hope hope you're liking it. Hope you like what we're uh, putting out and that you're taking yeah. in. Hopefully, hopefully we're not talking too much shit about your favorite band, Smash Mouth, to God. make sure you come back to listen to us again next week. Uh, yeah, well, they don't every, stop coming until they don't. Stop they coming. don't stop coming until they stop coming. God. Damn it, Lizzie. We'll be back next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Twitch. Every Monday, our podcast is live. I am Brian. And I am Lizzie. And goodbye. Subscribe and follow and do all the good stuff. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.